Every morning I salt the entrances of my house. Both doors and windows. My neck is weighed down by silver crucifixes. Islamic crescent moons and stars. Stars of David. Anks. And a litany of other charms I forget the names of. I've carved Celtic shield runes on both sides of every door. Hung evil eyes in every window. I've nailed dream catchers above every bed frame. And yet I don't feel all that safe. I'm not religious but I've been made a believer of mystical forces and it's become an obsession of mine to protect myself from the unseen world. A place I only just discovered upon a recent move. I've inherited my current house from my grandfather who loved me more than his own daughter. It's huge and old and full of history. A dark wooden fortress in the middle of nowhere. The yard is covered with flowers and plants which I was given strict instructions to maintain. Grandfather hated the sterile mask of a plain yard and trusted no one but me to keep it wild and prosperous after his death. I was there for only two weeks before I saw it. One day, when I was looking over the grounds and making sure nothing was dying or dead, I came across a circle of plain white mushrooms. It was on a portion of the yard that was mostly empty. Just a small yellow patch of overgrown grass between the lilies and the lilacs. I don't believe in fate but something knew what was coming and it sent me a sign that I didn't notice then. Maybe I didn't want to notice. It was late October and when I first looked upon the fairy ring with a pleasant smile knowing Grandad would have loved to see one in his yard. A sharp gust of wind whistled through the trees and struck high chords in my bones. I shivered without paying much attention. I listened to the boughs of the trees as they whispered in an eldritch voice. I almost thought I was hearing words. A vast feeling of colossal dread infested my brain and shook my spine. At the time I thought I was just being paranoid. But now I can't help but feel as if that was a message carried through the wind from a benevolent source. Whatever the case, it was unsettling enough to make me leave the backyard immediately. Writing it off as pure paranoia. I went to the front to retire some tools to the shed. It was there where I realized how deeply that wind had unsettled me. Rhythmic motions leave the mind plenty of room to wander. And in picking up some strewn about tools I had used earlier. Carrying them back to the shed. And finding their rightful spots. I had a lot of time to trail off. I spent that time in my own mind ruminating on the fear that carried on autumn's ghostly breath. Before my heart skipped a beat. I was hanging a shovel on a hook when I noticed a small hairy creature watching my every movement with beady little eyes in the corner. I stumbled back and saw two unnatural stalks above its head. Then I screamed as the thing bolted towards me with blind panic and unearthly speed. I felt foolish and ashamed when I noticed it was only a rabbit. In the sunlight. Sprinting off and returning to its nest just beside my house. That's how shaken up I was. That I could think a plain rabbit was some kind of monster.
That's why I think the wind was a message. Because no ordinary breeze would do that to a person. Not to me. The day was peaceful after that. Then the night came. In the midst of a dream. I was woken up by strange sounds. Like someone was jumping on the grass right outside my window and breathing heavily. To my horror, I was exactly right. I crept over to my window which stared down my backyard and peeked my head over. I don't think I was breathing. I felt the rhythm of terror in my veins. I had a very difficult time trying to discern what I was seeing. But the picture slowly came into focus. It was no woodland creature. The thing roughly had the shape of a human. Although a very afflicted, very distorted version of one. And it looked to be maybe half my height. I never got a good look at the details of it that first night. Just its silhouette. But I watched it move for a countless span of time. My ears were true to me and I watched as they. Thing ran around in frantic circles. Slamming its body around the air like a horrible ritualistic dance. It had high shoulders and a hunched back. A long torso with long legs that idled to a squat when it took a breath. Eventually my eyes became dry and I needed to blink. But I didn't dare take my eyes off it even for a second. Something gripped my mind and broke it. A part in ways I didn't know were possible. My mind was sucking in my body like a black hole. Images of stairways falling as I walked on them. Eventually getting too slow to outrun the destruction. Passed through my mind. A metaphor I'd unconsciously given myself. In retrospect I think that feeling was the first step into the precipice of madness. I couldn't look. Anymore. At that point I didn't care if it rushed into my window and slit my throat the instant I turned away. I could not look at it a moment longer. The very sight of its awful form. The way it moved. Like a beetle trapped in a jar using only its robotic instincts to flail and skitter and shake. Until it was free again. Tore me apart from the inside out. Sweat was creeping down my face. It dripped down onto my floor when I pried my head from the window and ducked below. There was an ache in my chest and I wondered if I was going to have a heart attack. Even as young as I am. The clock read 3.49 and I wondered if I was in a nightmare. I wished I was. I tried willing myself awake but as I struggled and sweat and rubbed my temples. Chanting useless words of futility. The clock just ticked to 3.50. It was a nightmare. Just not the kind you wake up from. I didn't allow myself to close my eyes for more than a minute. That night. There was no earthly way I'd sleep with that thing outside. Vaguely, I remember crawling away from my window and into a closet. I reasoned that if something entered the house, it would expect me to be asleep in my bed and not crouched up next to my vacuum. And that maybe the slow moments of its brief confusion would be enough for me to escape. It, surprisingly, I didn't fall asleep again. Even in the dark, warm space of my closet I managed to stay awake. When I saw light seeping in from underneath the door, 
I knew it would be okay to come back out. I hoped it would. Anyway, thinking that things can't go bump in the night if it isn't night and psychologically, I was banking on that. Firstly, I crawled back to the window and looked outside. Never in my whole life had I been so goddamned relieved. The scene was beautiful and I cherished it. Dew was sparkling against the early morning sun. The yard was mostly lit and that dark shape that writhed in the night was gone. I physically shuddered in relief before hanging my head. I groaned. I smiled. I was so happy that it might have just been a fluke. In triumph I drank a large cup of coffee in my backyard. It was my start on recovering from a sleepless night. And then my stomach dropped. A chill ran through me and another haunted breeze blew past me. The scent of dead leaves and harvest I looked at the spot where the thing was flailing the night. Before to find the fairy ring surrounding the area. Fearing further ventures into the pit of madness. I didn't allow myself to research the mythological implications or purposes of fairy rings. I thought it better to live in ignorance. That maybe it would all go away if I simply willed it to. But that was wishful thinking. Even then, in the back of my mind, I knew it wasn't over. Whatever it was, the rest of the day was a dreamy haze where I struggled to think about anything. Other than the night prior, I was in a state of utter unrest and figured the only way for me to settle down would be to clear my mind of my paranoia. My paranoia largely coming from the question of whether the dark figure was a figment or a physical entity. My remedy was to stay up yet again to find out. Nothing mattered beyond this now. Sincerely. Be it the lack of sleep or some unnatural bewitchment. I forgot things existed once they excited my purview. Everything but the fairy ring and the dark shape at night. It was debilitating beyond anything I've ever felt and I feared that if I sought help. Mental help. And tried to explain it. I'd be lost forever in the murky depths of my crumbling mind. That night I planned a stakeout from. The confines of my bedroom. I had brewed what seemed like gallons of coffee but to no avail. My fatigue caught up with me and I passed out with my head resting on my windowsill. Later. I woke up from a blank nightmare with no images and just the feeling of dread to the same sound of. Chaos and thumping. I was dead awake. A grim state that coffee could not reproduce. My spine was aching and I couldn't feel my legs but that didn't matter now. It was back. I watched for what must have been 10 or 15 minutes when I snapped out of my horrified trance. I checked the clock, 3.23, and shuffled over to grab my phone. Quintuple checking to make sure my flash was off. I began taking a video of the thing as it thrashed around in invisible containment. I sat and watched for 40 minutes, never taking my camera away from it. Then the impossible happened if there is such a thing anymore. The thing tried to dig into the earth, making no marks on the soil. When its head became translucent, 
I thought it was glare from the window at first but then the rest of it started disappearing too. Within the minute, the figure had dissipated like smoke into the wind and the fairy ring was empty. On an impulse, I checked the clock again which read 4 o'clock exactly. Even when I planned to film the thing, I didn't know what I'd do with the footage. When the sun came up that morning, I sifted through my contacts and realized I didn't want anyone thinking I was crazy. Claiming to see a small, dark shape had that effect on skeptics. Regardless of proof, I would know. So I struggled to find someone to share this secret with. The video's worthless. Anyway, I was shaking too much to capture anything. And it was too dark to see. I began to seriously fear that this phantom would be stuck with me alone. With no one to help lift the burden. Then I came across a name. I'll call her Jay out of respect. I didn't know Jay well but I knew of her well enough to know that she claimed to be a psychic and a practitioner of Wicca. If there was anyone that wouldn't cast too much doubt upon me. I reasoned it would be her. Despite knowing each other only through a mutual friend and spending little time together, she was eager to help me, or at least see what the hell was happening. I only had her number saved because that same mutual friend lost his phone and needed to call her, saving her contact on my phone afterward. At the time, I thought it was a little rude for some reason that he'd add her on my phone without asking. But I didn't care enough to remove her. Now I am so thankful beyond words. Jay arrived at noon that day. Despite me telling her to come around 3 or 4 and she immediately asked me where it was in a very business-like tone. I took her around back and stayed far away from the circle. Letting her have her space as she walked around it and looked intensely at the fungus growing there. Never once did she step inside. Is it dangerous? I yelled from the porch. I don't know. Could be. She yelled back. Never breaking her focus. The thing with fairy circles is that they're a natural phenomenon and science squares them away. But seeing as how you saw something inside it. I'm not so sure about this one. She squatted down and tried looking at it levelly. I still don't think she knew what she was doing. You didn't step in it. Did you? I knew I didn't but that made my palms sweat. No. Why? Usually stepping in them's bad. Nothing good comes from it. The folklore for fairy rings comes from all around the world so who the hell knows what's real and what isn't. Right. Most of them say to stay out but you said you saw something trying to get out. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Or a dance. The dance would make more sense. That's how fairy rings are supposed to be made in most stories. Or the creature made the wrong move and stepped in there. You're not supposed to get back out without help. Poor bastard. For a long while, she kept tentatively creeping around it until she shrugged her shoulders and came back over to me. Here's what we're going to do. She said, we'll wait until the thing comes back, and then we'll talk with it. I tried my best to protest but she wouldn't budge. 
saying that communicating might be the only way we'd figure anything out. So she stayed a while and insisted we read everything we could about fairy rings. In the end, nothing we read changed the plans much. We agreed on being extra cautious but what the hell does that entail when you're trying to understand something that's lacking in reason? We took power naps until midnight and then set up a silent watch on the porch. Staring out at the yard, she kept checking her watch. It made me nervous. Reality and unconsciousness began to fade in and out. I was losing a battle of lucidity when a hand with statuesque firmness gripped my forearm. My eyes had adjusted to the moonlight and out in the dark. I could see a small shadowy figure filter into existence like falling sand making a mound. This time, however, the shape didn't jump around. It just stared at us, eyes glinting in the moonlight. Jay stood up and took some steps towards it. I was catatonic. The sound of Jay's footsteps on the earth will forever haunt me. I dream of them, at night, and feel a deep sensation of impending doom. What are you? She asked, her voice shaking. It didn't respond, just stared like a deer in headlights. Are you stuck? No reply. When she started rummaging around in her pocket I knew she meant to shine her phone's flashlight on it. Something within me knew that was a bad idea. But I couldn't move. Not even to speak. Then she pulled her phone out. She flicked the light on. Moved it up to face the thing in the fairy ring. It was a pale shaking child in torn clothes with Dirt smeared all over him. He had a big pouty lip out and his eyes were welling with tears. He was crouched over and nursing a hidden wound on his belly. Jay gasped. I jerked in a moment of disbelief. I thought I was a horrible person for neglecting to notice this child living in my backyard. I didn't know what to think. When Jay moved to reach into the fairy ring and grab the kid. A strong wind made her stumble and a shadowy voice from the darkness of the woods said. Don't. Jay stopped trying to make contact with the boy. She jerked her head to the trees. I didn't know whether to look at the boy or at the haunted forest which I thought was abandoned. Maybe it wasn't abandoned. Though. Or maybe it was like when I first discovered the fairy ring. The gust that was more than a gust. But I didn't think of that then. Fearing someone was out there. I too flicked on my flashlight and shone it at the trees. I scanned the dark, obscured perimeter. Not breathing until I felt safe. Nothing. Not even an animal. With the tree line secured. Jay went back to the fairy ring. Must have thought it was just her mind playing tricks. So she moved in again. Reaching out her hand. The kid didn't grab it. She took a step further and planted a foot on the mushrooms. She pivoted and turned her foot. Ripping some out of the ground. The kid bolted out beneath her like a startled rabbit. She jumped back and screamed. Dropping her phone. I started screaming for her to come inside. As she ran. Cupping a dark and wet stain on her clothes. I swept the yard with my phone. 
My light landing on the kid. His skin was turning grey and his clothes were melting into his skin. I stared in paralyzed horror as a huge toothy muzzle broke away his jaw and flew open. Jay made it inside. That's when I spun around and slammed the door shut. We were both yelling curses and I was acting. Almost purely on instinct at that moment. Lock everything. Now. I said. Cranking the deadbolt on the back door and not paying any outward attention to the way Jay clutched. Her sighed. That was the most panicked I've ever been. Thinking every extra second spent trying to lock down the house was another second we could both. Die. I don't know. It just seemed the most logical at the moment. To lock down the house against something that clearly isn't natural outside. But as we were crouched in the living room corner. Both clutching trembling knives. The back door creaked open as if blown by a gentle wind. Jay started up and ran towards it. I screamed at her not to. I knew I deadbolted that fucking door. Once Jay got into arm's length of the handle. Something huge and quick swallowed up her whole arm and pulled her into the dark outside. Fight or flight kicked in and I ran over. Wondering if there was still time to save her. I don't know what I saw. I don't know what's real anymore. I do know Jay was a limp and lifeless thing dangling from the bloody moor of some giant hairy creature. The size of a minivan. Before I could even get a good look. It trotted away like a wolf. A great scaly tail dragging in the dirt after it. As limp as Jay. The part that sticks with me is her face. Her dead face. Hanging out from the row of crooked teeth. It was like she was looking at me. Accusing me. But maybe that was just my imagination. That was all a week ago. Since then I've called the police and have been operating on minimal sleep. I've installed very bright motion activated lights all around my house and nearly warm it every time. They turn on. One night. Two nights after Jay got taken. I woke up to the sound of awful screeching. Like babies being tossed in a furnace. The next morning I found that the rabbits nested by my home were now just a pile of discarded bones. And loose flesh. A violent blood splatter against my wall. Their midnight screams ignored. Another night I thought I saw Jay walking around in the dark. The next morning I reasoned it could have been the thing in the fairy ring but guilt and hope that. Jay still out there bind me forever to this house. They're still searching the woods. I told them all I could. All the believable parts. And said it was either a wolf or a bear that stole her away knowing full well it was neither and. Far worse. They said they'd look. They asked if I was sure it was a bear or a wolf. I said yes. One of the rangers they had with them shook his head mournfully and said. Shit. There's not even moose around these parts. And I asked what he meant when he pointed down at Thay. Tracks left by the thing. The giant. Cloven hoof prints. That's when I began salting the doors and the windows because whatever stalks. The woods isn't natural. 
and I wear medallions and charms and runes and baubles because I don't know where that creature came from and I don't know what can protect me. I carve runes in my doors to guard my house. I hang evil eyes in my windows to curse that monster. If that's even what they do. And I pin dream catchers above my bed frames because every damned night I dream of small figures and giant maws and jay's lifeless cadaver being hauled off to hell. Thanks for listening this story is available in reddit as the thing in the fairy ring. No sleep.